So I preached my second sermon ever at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Columbia, Missouri. It was the summer before my junior year of college in 2009, and something within me was saying to me, ministry, not law. <laughs> right? <laughs> So I reached out to my ministers, uh, the one in my home church in Houston and the one in Missouri, about preaching at my home churches that summer. Both said, can't wait to have you. My first sermon at Northwoods Unitarian Universalist near Houston, Texas, where I grew up, was a coming home of sorts. My family, religious education teachers, old friends, advisors, and others were there to support me and see if I had the gift. <laughs> they all said I did great. I suspect they would have said that if I'd gone up there and recited the recipe for cornbread. <laughs> but I'll tell you, the service in Missouri, it felt different. I wasn't Rob and Ida's son there. I wasn't Mariel and Catherine's brother. I was me. Still, my dad and one of my sisters drove 13 hours to be there that morning. My mom stayed behind. She was so excited to listen, though. She made me promise to call her and put her on speakerphone before my sermon started. <laughs> so at 10.22, eight minutes before the service started, much less my sermon, my phone buzzes. It's a text message from my mom. It read, call now. <laughs> I can't wait any longer. I want to hear the pre-service chatter. <laughs> so I smiled, rolled my eyes a little bit, and called her up. The service began as planned and all was well. When it was time for my sermon, I came up to the pulpit and grabbed my phone. I talked into it and said, in front of the whole congregation, mind you, hey mom, still there? What do you think so far? She replied, still in front of everybody, so far, so good, son. Tell more jokes. I asked her if she had any words of wisdom. Game on, son, she said. It's your time. So I titled today's service, Our Time. It's a, service, it's a saying I say often, particularly on the ultimate Frisbee field. Our time, or a variation of it, is a pretty popular phrase, particularly in sports and in movies. Films like The Social Network and The Goonies show characters exclaiming, this is our time. And remember the Titans, Denzel Washington as Coach Boone says to his football team after halftime of the state championship game, second half is our time. So what does it mean? I see it as a rallying cry. It's a message that galvanizes the community or team or congregation and says, things are tough right now. 
The road ahead isn't going to be easy, but we can do this. We can push through the adversity, whatever it is, and come through stronger. Our time is a way of saying, this is a tough moment. This is a difficult circumstance. And you know what? We can handle it. So how do we do what is hard? How can we achieve what we're capable of achieving? I believe our Unitarian Universalist faith has an answer for us. The third UU principle says that as UUs, we affirm acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. Our seventh principle calls us to promote and respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. One another, our congregations, interdependent web, we. What do all these words have in common? They're plural. It's us together, friends. Our first principle tells us what we already know, that we believe in the inherent worth and dignity of every person. The answer to the question, how do we do what is hard, is inside here. Yes, but it's also here. It's outside. It's in the divine. It's everywhere, even in the pain. The answer, I believe, is in being together. That can be hard for us. Some of us, maybe most of us, value our personal space, our ability to deal with things on our own. There are things we can tackle alone, but I believe that we are better together, First Parish. One of my favorite YouTube videos is of the Iowa State football team's locker room celebration right after they scored a shocking upset against the University of Texas in 2010. Hardly anyone thought they could do it. I'm not sure they did, but I think, I think they did. The video shows the head coach, Paul Rhodes, addressing the Iowa State team after the win. Coach Rhodes is holding the game ball. And for those of you who aren't sports fans, coaches often give a game ball to the player who played the best, who most helped the team win. There's a lot of places this game ball could go, Coach Rhodes said to his team. Then he says, this is Iowa State football. We don't need a game ball for that. And he throws the game ball in the trash can. It is an incredible moment. It's one of my favorite sports moments, and I even grew up rooting for Texas. <laughs> it was Coach Rhodes of saying, we did this. It wasn't the action of one, it was the action of all that got it done. What I care about, he said, is that all of you bought into the idea that we are one team, together. We are one team. So I ask you, friends, what are you searching for the courage, the strength to do? What are you searching for the courage or strength not to do, to stop doing? And I believe that we already have the power to get it done inside of us. The first worship service I ever planned was back when I was in Why Are You You, which is our name for church youth groups in Unitarian Universalism. I was 17 and I led a worship service called I Am the Flame. 
for 150 people at our Swoosey summer camp. Yes. I asked each person to say out loud, I am the flame, in a manner that represented their personality. Some said it quietly, others shouted it, some sang it. My younger sister Muriel, she was a cheerleader in high school, she made up a cheer for it. But the point was to mean it inside your very soul. I am the flame. The flame, friends, represents this chalice we light before every worship service. I believed then and still do that there is a spark of divinity, some call it God, within and beyond all of us. It's not just that you have it, I said, you are it. I don't just have the flame of the chalice burning within, I am the flame. I think 17-year-old me had it partially right. Going back and reading through my worship notes from that service, which, by the way, was much less painful than going through my old journal entries, <laughs> told me I'd missed one key point. In her novel, Like Water for Chocolate, Laura Esquivel tells us that there's a box of matches inside each of us, but we can't light them all by ourselves. What's key to being brave and living life fully is that we find the people, the places, the things, the moments that help us ignite and maintain the flame that burns from within. So we may all be the flame, but we can't always shine by ourselves. I began my words today with a story about my first sermon in college in Missouri. My mom told me, and the whole listening congregation. Son, it's your time. Now, my mom and I were incredibly close, best friends. That was in the summer of 2009. That was also the summer my mom was first diagnosed with cancer. She fought for a year and a half, but she died in January of 2011. My mom, friends, was the life and soul of our family. She was the flame for us. She supported us, was there for her friends and family, helped her law clients through extraordinarily difficult times. She did all of that and somehow found time to meditate, do yoga, be a massage therapist, and to be a devoted University of Texas football and women's basketball fan. When she died, my dad asked me to be the family speaker at her memorial service, which was held nearly two months after her passing in late February 2011. He said to me, I'm no longer the face of our family. Your mom is no longer the face of our family. You're her oldest son. This is your moment. This is your time, he said. This is your time to step up and be this family's leader. I was 22 years old. Talk about pressure, right? I wanted no part of this face of the family stuff. I'd been through a lot and I just wanted to hide. 
I was so sad, so upset. I thought there was no way I could do something so challenging. I've only seen my mom in a few dreams since she died. One of them was two nights before her memorial service. In the dream, I was sitting in the Northwoods UU Church Sanctuary, where I'd grown up. We sat together in this dream, in the fifth row on the right side, where we'd sat as a family every Sunday growing up. I told her how I didn't want to speak at her service. It's too hard, and I miss you too much. My mom said, I understand. Just get to the church, she said softly. Just get to the church. If you promise me you'll get yourself here, I think you'll find what and whom you need. Get to the pulpit and you'll be wonderful. Oh, and tell some jokes. After all, I was pretty funny. So I did as she told me. I was still dreading it, but I trusted the dream. When I got to the church, I asked two of my best friends, one of whom is here today, to pray with me. My minister, she asked me what I needed. The service flew by. Him, reflection. Him, words, stories, reflections about my mom again. And before I knew it, it was time for me to go up to the pulpit. I stepped up there and looked out into the faces of hundreds present. I saw my mom's family, my family, her friends, her colleagues, and so on. I saw my friends, my sister's friends, my dad's friends. I suddenly remembered that moment in Missouri where we talked on the phone in front of the whole congregation. What had she told me then? It's your time. All at once, I understood. I could do this because it wasn't about me at all. I reached into my pocket, grabbed my phone, and put it next to the words I'd written down. I held my mom and the people in the sanctuary in my mind's eye and thought to myself, this isn't just my time, mom. It's our time. Friends, we are capable of rising to the occasion. We can meet the moment. There's no reason for us to do it alone. I believe so strongly that we need one another. We need our loved ones and they need us. I'll tell you, in that time of my life, I needed my Unitarian Universalist faith too. I need this faith that says you are enough right now. You are the flame right now. You are of the divine and you have what it takes right now. You are loved beyond belief right now. You are needed right now. In that moment in my mom's memorial service, I needed my close friends. I needed my mom's wisdom. I will need it and them again. You are needed. I'll say that again. You are needed. We are needed, First Parish. We are needed by our faith and because of our faith. We are needed because we have a faith that says, whoever you are, 
you are enough. Whomever you love, you are enough. Whatever your race or ethnicity, you are enough. Whatever your abilities, you are enough. Whatever your economic class, you are enough. Whatever your gender identity, you are enough. Whatever you do for a living, you are enough. If you don't have a job right now, you are enough. If you're lonely, you are enough. If you're sad right now, you are enough. If you're feeling great right now, you are enough. If you're in love right now and they don't love you back, you are enough. If you are grieving right now, you are enough. Because you are a human being, you are enough. When life's big moments test us, we can succeed together. It can be hard and scary to look to other people. There's no question about that. Sometimes they let us down. Sometimes we let them down. I think though we have to keep trying and we have to keep struggling. We have to keep on the road together. Every one of us is the flame, I believe. Say it with me, friends. I am the flame. I am the flame. Every one of us is the flame, friends. We are all needed. We are all important. We are all important. So as we go forth into the challenges that face us, as we take on life's defining moments, let us say together, this is our time. Say it with me, friends. This is our time. Amen. And blessed be.